Welcome to Embrace the Musica, where we're going to dig into the raw, vulnerable, tough, and beautiful pieces of this journey called life. I'm Dominique Dines, who at the age of 21 moved abroad to Mexico to start teaching after growing up in a small town in Minnesota. My husband is from Peru, and we met salsa dancing 10 years ago in Guadalajara, Mexico. Here we are today raising two lovely tricultural kids. We speak more Spanish than English in our home and do a lot of salsa dancing in the kitchen. Embrace la Musica is going to be a place where we talk about what it's like being married to someone from a completely different culture, living in a place that neither of us grew up in, being a working mom, constantly fighting or accepting cultural norms, and all the things that keep us afloat, which includes a lot of heart and humility. So let's embrace the Musica today. Hi everyone, I'm so excited about today's episode. We have our first guest with us and we're all in for a treat today. Today's guest is not only one of my closest friends, she's an amazing leader, mom, wife, business owner, fashion model, expat, artist, speaker, pastor, and the list goes on. I'm sure I could think of a few more. But (laughs) as you can hear, she wears so many different hats in her everyday life. So I wanted to interview Angela Jaquith to inspire all of us with how she does all the different things in her life, as she's one of the most positive people I know as well. And I wanted her to tell us a little bit about how she keeps that smile on her face in the midst of the chaos from day to day. So welcome, Angela. Hi, Dom. Thank you for inviting me. This is great. Yeah, no, I'm so excited to have you here. And I'd love to hear a little bit. As a fellow expat in Guadalajara, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Like what brought you to Mexico? Wow. Well, I mean, I think I'm going to... I, I just don't understand why I'm not Mexican, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to get to heaven someday, and I'm going to have a really, really long conversation with God about that. <laughs> no, but really, um, ever since I was a teenager, really, I've been drawn to the Latin culture. Um, and then when the opportunity came up to marry a man that's from here, I mean, he's not Mexican, but he grew up here, uh, also as an expat with expat family. And um, I just knew that that was the direction once we got married, obviously, and that was the direction that we wanted to go. We wanted to live here and just be a part of the community here and serve people in the best way that, that we could. Awesome. And I, I mean, I know your story cause I know you, but cause initially you weren't in Guadalajara, you guys started somewhere else, right? Yeah. So we went to, uh, the first city that we went to was, was Puebla. And we went to work at a church that Justin's parents, my husband, Justin, um, was, were leading at the time. And so we went there many, many years ago <laughs> and we were there for almost eight years in Puebla. Um, just helping doing a lot of social outreach and just doing a lot of work there, learning Spanish. I had to learn Spanish that those first couple of years. And, um, yeah, it was just, uh, a really great experience. And then, yes, we were in Puebla and then we just started getting that bug that we wanted to move. We wanted to go somewhere else. And we started to feel, we came and visited Guadalajara and we fell in love. It was amazing. So we decided to move to Guadalajara, but that's when um, really uh, we had a surprise thing happen in our life. I uh, became ill just suddenly and we ended up um, going to Seattle on an emergency flight. And that journey for us ended up being much longer than we ever imagined. We thought it would be two weeks. And we lived in Seattle for like seven years <laughs> or almost seven years. And so when we moved back to Mexico from Seattle, um, that, was, uh, that was our decision just to come to Guadalajara and live here and, and just put down roots here. 
Awesome. Well, I know that Walter and I are so grateful that you and Justin both ended up in Guadalajara and your kids too. Do you want to tell us about your kids a little bit? Oh, sure. Um, I'm a mom of three and uh, my oldest, he will be 20 in June and I, I can't believe it. <laughs> and my, um, my girl, she's 16, almost 17. And the, the little guy, he is nine years old. He just turned nine and we just love to have fun around our place. We have, I feel so blessed and privileged to have the family that I have. My husband and I have been married for 21 years, almost 22 years. And so it's been, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah, no, and that's crazy. And I, I still remember the first time that we met you and Justin. I don't know if you remember this, but it was in your living room. Yeah. And <laughs> some, some good friends of ours invited us to this house church that was happening. And I still remember when I met you, I honestly, Ange, you look so young. I thought you were the daughter. <laughs> So when you say you've been married 21 years, it's crazy. You guys got married so young. Yes, we were very young. It was just one of those things where we just knew. And I know that young people aren't supposed to actually really just know. And I think if one of my kids walked up to me and was like, I'm getting married, I would be like, uh, let's talk about this. Um, but it just was kind of like everybody knew, like my parents, his parents. It was just really easy, easy relationship. And um, it's just been some, it's just been the best thing because I feel like, we've grown up together. Basically, we've spent so much time together in our lives and gone through so many things together that honestly, like it's been the perfect thing for us. It's not for everyone, but it's been great for us. Yeah. Well, and I know that Walter and I, and I know a lot of other couples too here in Guadalajara, we appreciate you and Justin so much. And I told a little bit of our story in episode five, just about our hardest year as a couple and the year we almost gave up on our marriage. And I mentioned that our church community, and specifically you and Justin, just how much you guys helped us when we were in the middle of our fights. You were always just, you know, a WhatsApp message or a call away. Justin even came over one time, and I remember being so embarrassed because we were, like, in the middle of a fight. <laughs> but we're just so thankful for both of you and your relationship. And so thinking about the women who are listening, what sort of advice do you most often give other couples with your 21 years of experience? Well, I think, first of all, I think it was, it's pretty obvious to everyone that you and Walter are amazing together. And um, I think that, that we all go through those bumps and there's nothing to be embarrassed about. In fact, if your listeners are going through one of those bumps right now, I think it's, it's important to reach out. I mean, that's why we have community and, and nobody's out there to judge you. They shouldn't be. If they are out there to judge you, then don't call those guys. <laughs> call those friends that are there to help you. And um, honestly, you and Walter are amazing and both passionate. So if there are these little moments, it's, it's going to happen because you guys are both leaders and both passionate about life. And that's why you guys dance so good. <laughs> but honestly, I think, um, I think there's not just one single um, word of advice that I can give. I think it really starts with understanding what love is. And um, I think if I were to say one thing, I would be start here, start with understanding and, and, trying to understand, I guess, love. And in my understanding, love is not something that is selfish. You know, I think in, in, in the movies and, you know, wherever we look in books, uh, all these, this idea that I'm going to marry someone that will complete me, or I'm going to marry someone that, or I want to be with someone that makes me happy. Um, I think that's kind of uh, backwards in some ways, because I feel like love 
is a giving uh, moment. Love is a giving experience and a generous experience. And so I tell my kids, I say, hey, if you marry someone, don't marry someone that uh, will make you happy, but marry someone who you think you can make happy. Um, someone that you would give your life for. Someone that you would sacrifice for so that their dreams could come true. And um, I think that is really one of the keys because you start working that both ways and some magic is going to happen. No, I love that. I'm going to have to ask you for advice once my kids are older. I can't even think about that right now because they're, they're only two and four. Um, but no, I think that's great advice and something that we all need to remember. And even thinking about that now, as we're all staying at home and we're all within, you know, like within our houses, which sometimes feels small and trying to find time or space with each other. I know you guys have a full house right now. Um, how are you and Justin finding life right now with quarantine and, you know, being at home and you have, do you have a couple extra people at your house right now or is it just the three kids and you guys did have uh, two, we have two extras, but one of them just went home this week. She's uh, we encouraged her to go home and, and I think she felt uh, encouraged to go home and be with her family during this time. Um, she had been staying with us for like six months and just having a great time, but it was time. And I think it's good because we're all going to drive her crazy. <laughs> But first, I just want to preface the fact that my my experience has, in motherhood has not been perfect, and uh, I am not a perfect mom, and I am, and my kids are not perfect, even though they're amazing and I believe in them. But I think that we have to just sort of be like, okay, there isn't any perfect situation out there, and our kids are going to make mistakes, and we're going to make mistakes as parents, and I think there has to be like this level of like really authentic grace, <laughs> this level of like, okay, we are not perfect and um, things aren't always going to go the way we imagine them to, but we're in this together and we're going to work it out. Um, I think uh, oh, being together in these moments, I, I can't imagine doing what you're doing, Tom, <laughs> living through this crisis with little ones. Um, I feel privileged that my youngest is nine, so I can be like, hey, here's the Nintendo Switch. I just loaded it with a new game, you know, like, leave me alone. <laughs> but, but, you know, or I could, you know, I don't know, but I think that having moms with the little kids, I mean, I'm just going to be going through, moms and dads with little kids are going through a lot more right now. Um, and I don't, I think it's just important that we step back and just realize that this is a crisis and this is, a huge change for all of us, including our kids. They, our kids are just little people, you know, they're little people with feelings and thoughts and they have feelings and they are going, they go through stuff, you know, and I think that sometimes it's easy to dismiss that. And I, th I think it's really, uh, I think it's a challenge for me to like connect to that and to realize, okay, my nine-year-old just lost a lot in his life. And, um, how can I, I obviously can't make that up. I'm, it takes a village. I can't be his best friend in this moment. Like, I mean, I can't, what do you say? I can be his best friend, but I can't be like, I can't substitute these things in his life. And so I think it's just really connecting, um, to your kids and doing the best to, to, be gracious with them and love them and have those conversations like what's hard um, and encouraging them to reach out to others as well and encouraging them to think about others because I feel like, you know, there's a, I don't know if your listeners um, 
are religious or, or not, but I, I feel like there is this, um, there is a saying in the Bible that says, perfect love casts out all fear. And I feel like if we can connect to that love, which I feel is self-sacrifice in some situations, if we can help others, if we can think about others, then we can, um, we can help drive out, drive away fear. And it says all fear. So it's not just the fear of the other person, but it helps with our own fear. Um, it helps with our own anxiety when we can reach out of ourselves and realize that, I don't know, I think it gives us a sense of gratefulness when we realize that other people are out there um, that don't have the same privileges that we have and we can help them. Yeah, no, and I, and I love that. And I think or I don't just think, I know that you and Justin live that out day in and day out. And one of the things that I know can be helpful, like when we're stressed or with this crisis is, yeah, being able to help other people and being able to show that love. And that's, you know, what we're trying to teach our kids as young as they are, like we can always give, we can always help others. Um, And so thinking about that, just kind of as, because one of the hats you wear as well as a small business owner And could you tell us a little bit about how you're helping right now or finding ways, um, yeah, to help those in need in Guadalajara specifically? Well, one of the uh, businesses that we have is a uh, coffee shop and roastery. And I think it was really evident to us in the very beginning that we, in order to protect those around us, we're going to need to shut down right away and to protect our our staff and, and things like that. And so we just made that decision long before a lot of other places shut down. And we just said, okay, we're going to shut our doors. And I think in that moment we said, okay, but what do we have in our hands? Like um, we have a, a, a nonprofit that part of its mission is to uh, respond to disasters. We have, we have responded to many disasters in the past, given uh, brought relief to different areas. Um, and I think in this crisis is, isn't any different where we said, okay, um, as our as a nonprofit, like how can we take these lemons that have been given us and make lemonade? And I think in that moment we decide, okay, let's turn all of our kitchens. We have two kitchens, so all of our kitchens, about our our kitchens, into community uh, soup kitchens is what they would have said. I'm not sure what they called in the states, but community kitchens. Um, and we are reaching out and um, finding these families that uh, have, especially here in Mexico. You know, families, so many families live day to day. They don't have any reserves. They can't go to the grocery store and buy a ton of toilet paper. You know, they don't have the option to turn to a pantry full of food. And I think, and they've lost, many have lost their jobs or there's elderly that don't have support. And so we've reached out and we found a lot of these people and every day um, in a safe manner, in a controlled and supervised manner, we are taking uh, meals to these families. And I think it's just been... I mean, it just kind of started small and it's just been growing and growing and it's just been amazing to see the support of the community, um, the, the donations that have come in, um, the people who have sent us a information about a neighbor or a housekeeper or someone that they you know is in trouble. And um, it's just been actually really eye-opening and really beautiful in the middle of, of something that is really hard to deal with in, in our life. Yeah, and I've loved um, just watching the pictures on Instagram and seeing what you guys are doing and, you know, bringing the meals. And so you said that you're finding um, who to bring meals to through recommendations of other people, right? 
Yes. So um, we have been, and obviously we can't reach everyone at this moment uh, that is recommended to us, but we are going through and finding the cases that we feel are the hardest that are along the routes that we've created. Um, so like, we're not going to drive an hour away to take one meal or whatever. It doesn't make sense, but um, we have routes that we've created um, and then we're finding cases along those routes. But the more and more information that we can receive from people that are on the ground, um, it's helpful and uh, it's helpful to connect us to those people. And, and we're giving these meals to families either every day or several times a week um, so that we can uh, ask. For example, there's this little elderly woman named Carmelita and uh, we arrive every day on her door with someone from our staff and um, on her doorstep. And obviously with distance and everything, we're able to transfer her the food and, and we ask her, how are you feeling? Um, how are you, you know, are you encouraged? Do you need anything else besides this meal? And you'd just be surprised how she just lights up. It's the best part of her day. She's been alone all day and she just smiles and she's like, thank you so much. And I'm feeling great. And, you know, I, I think it's, Aww. I think it's pretty neat. And um, I think it's good that we can be consistent. And this isn't something that we're just going to do for a couple of weeks, but it's going to be something that we do for the next few months. And I think that building these relationships are really beautiful. It's really, it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I love that. And I've loved being able to be a part of it, just being with the community and I'll be sure to, um, link some of that information in the description today so that any listeners who want to be able to support or help can do so. Um, for anybody that's listening locally, Ange, how can people help here in Guadalajara? I think it's keeping our eyes and ears open. I know everyone is isolated. It's very weird, you know, because we're all in this together and not together at the same time. It's collective and it's uh, separate at the same time. But I think if, if I can encourage people just to have open eyes and open ears to their community, whether that's through um, Instagram or through telephone calls or WhatsApp or or whatever, like even in your own community, if you're not here in Guadalajara, there are a lot of amazing projects going on right now. People that are helping small businesses, um, just a lot of good that is coming out of this. So just keep your eyes open and it's not always giving money. Sometimes it's something else. And just if that opportunity comes to you, be willing just to say yes, because I think uh, when you say yes, something happens inside of you and outside of you um, because something happens inside of you and that you change a little. Some of that fear goes away. And then also outside of you, you'll see that provision and doors are opened and things happen that you never expected. Absolutely. And I love thinking about that because as we are all at home right now and we do feel isolated and it's easy to feel down or overwhelmed or all of the different emotions, I love the fact that we can still be innovating and connecting with others. You guys have done a great job keeping us all connected with church and putting everything online and virtual now so that we still feel like we have a sense of that community. In episode four, uh, Looking for the Bright Side, I talked a little bit about that, how people are being so innovative and creative and really trying to connect with the time that we have now. Another one of the things I admire so much about you, Ange, is your passion for lifelong learning. And I know you were laughing as I was like listing off all the different things that you do, but you really have done so many, um, or you've pursued so many different passions in your life. And you have so many different degrees. I don't even know how many right now. <laughs> but 
Do you want to tell us a little bit about your multi-passionate background and then kind of how that's driving you right now in your life as well? Yeah. So if anyone knows anything about the Enneagram, I am learning uh, that I am a seven and a seven has uh, a, a huge fear of missing out, but also has these like, has all these like uh, different passions and is, uh, is, does what I do and has all these different areas that she wants to get into or he wants to get into. So I, I'm, I'm understanding that now, but uh, so I have a degree in theology and a degree in um, filmmaking and a degree in uh, interdisciplinary visual arts and a degree in, uh, well, a minor in art history. And uh, I have, let's see what else. I, oh yeah. I have an MBA with a concentration in nonprofit management and I am hoping I'm saving up for my doctoral degree, which I would really, really love to study, which I would, I would like to study uh, organizational leadership. So uh, while all of these things sound completely distinct and completely different, I have found how they all just like converge in my life. And they give me this like sense of uh, cross-discipline perspective. Um, I love how I can draw from theology or I can draw from art and how those meet together or how film, you know, meets with the MBA and how it all is marketing and, and just this whole uh, idea of like being, um, I don't know, having like maybe, you know, they always say like, uh, what do they say? A jack of all trades, a master of none. <laughs> And I always bothered me. I was like, well, maybe I can be a master of all trades and a jack of none. No, but, <laughs> but I know that that's not true. But I do see that uh, my education has allowed me to have this sort of weird mix that has been special to our life work and our life calling. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it's something that I really have in my heart to always learn. Um, also for those that have a religious background there, there's a, uh, a verse in Proverbs four that says the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom, whether it costs you all that you have seek understanding. And, um, I love this. I love the fact that it's like the beginning of wisdom is this get wisdom. <laughs> it's in another version. It says get the beginning of wisdom is to make the decision to acquire wisdom. And um, I think that's where I'm at. Like, I just want to, to know more. And I think it helps me serve people better. And it helps me love people better. And it helps me um, avoid hurting <laughs> people, which is one of my biggest fears. So I, um, I think that is something that I will continue to do and learn crazy stuff. <laughs> we have some of that shared passion for lifelong learning. And... I might not be learning as many different things as you have, but I love seeing how all of these different passions or areas or disciplines have intersected in your life and come into play um, day in and day out. And we know you have three kids and with all those different degrees and doing this all over the last 20 years, how did you find, like, how, how are you able to balance all of it, Ange? I don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to give us some secret trick or recipe or something. <laughs> I think for one, it's helpful that my husband's always been really supportive. Um, so that has really, really helped. And my kids have always been really supportive. So they haven't complained too much about my crazy lifestyle. They're used to it. They grew up it, with it. So um, I think they don't know anything better. <laughs> don't tell them. Don't tell them. Um, I've had a lot of, I have a lot of late night. Um, and when I was studying, you know, I'm studying, I, sometimes I, everybody's in bed and I'll get up and 
you know, work through the night, you know, or different things like that. But, uh, there hasn't been too many of those, but yeah, it's, uh, I think it's just finding time to, uh, to do what you need to do. I think there's seasons for one person told me, no, it's because you need to balance your time. You know, you think of it as a wheel with spokes and every time one of those spokes is out of balance and it's too long, it's just going to stop the whole thing. And I used to be so like afraid that everything would be out of balance. And, and then one day, uh, I, I heard someone say, no, it's, it's not like that. It's like the tide or it's like the, the waves of the sea. And sometimes you're going to be really busy in one area and other times it's going to draw back. You're going to draw back and you're just going to spend a lot of great time with your family. And then again, you're going to have this project that just takes you there and you're just going to be like, ah, <laughs> and maybe your family is going to help you with it or, you know, or they're going to help with dinner or whatever. And then, okay. And then back and there's going to be a new season. And I think that's what it's been for me. It's been less about balance and more about, um, these seasons and not letting it be always a crazy season, but allowing myself to say no to some things in certain times of my life and yes to some things in other times of my life. Yeah, no, and I love that. And I think it's important to know when to say yes and when to say no. And thinking about seasons, that's funny you say that because last week in episode five, I was talking about seasons and how Max, who's now four, turning five soon, we were talking about all the trees because, you know, all the trees are blooming right now and they're so beautiful in Guadalajara as spring is upon us. And he was asking me, like, what a season is. And so I was explaining it, you know, like spring, summer, fall. But then it dawned on me that a season is also, yeah, like a time in our lives when we trust that things aren't always going to be this way, but they're going to change again. And, and I think that's true with motherhood or with, you know, business or even right now in this pandemic as we're all home together it's a new season and there's just a lot to reflect on right now i feel like we have a lot of time not that we have more time because i've been seeing people say they have more time than ever and i feel like i don't have any more time (laughs) um especially with little ones at home and trying to work and everything but is there anything else that you know you'd like to say or any i don't know whenever i talk to you Andrew, i'm always super encouraged um by your metaphors and just by what you're learning and how you're loving others. Is there anything else that you'd want to say to encourage anybody today? Well, I think that for me right now with um, everything that's going on, I just want to say, hang in there. Um, Just really my, ah, I don't want to cry, but I just have such a weight on my chest. I think for the situation that people are living and, um, and I know that we're all living it in our own way, in our own places and our own space. But I mean, like, I just feel this weight for those that are working in the hospitals, um, for those that are ill, for those that are high risk. You know, my own parents are in a high risk area and my dad has heart disease, you know, just different things that you just, they're just weight, you know. And then obviously people that are living this situation, uh, you know, without reserves and and people that don't know what they're going to do. And they're in a very vulnerable position, um, you know, or their kids are in, in vulnerable positions. And I just, I just feel this weight, but at the same time, I feel like the only way that I can deal with this is, is to yes, connect with empathy, uh, try to put myself in their shoes, but at the same time, like 
do what I can to love them, the ones that I can't love the whole <laughs> world by sending them all a meal as much as that would be great. But I think, you know, knowing that we all have a sphere and just being like, okay, so who's going to cross my path? And, and, and that act of, of saying yes, of giving, you're going to find your own internal healing. And um, I just, I just want to say, hang in there, keep your eyes open, um, say yes to what you can within the limitations that you've set for yourself. Um, and, and just, you know, be yourself. And I don't know how to, I don't know what else to say other than I love you guys and hang in there. And Dom, you're amazing. This, I'm so proud of you and so inspired that you started your podcast. And thank you for doing that. You guys are an amazing family. And Max is literally the sweetest kid I've ever met in my life. And if my first had been that sweet, I probably would have had way more. <laughs> just kidding. And Zoe's just awesome. The bravest little girl I know. So. Yes, we love them so much. And as with all kids, they are constantly teaching us day in and day out. Just as you have today, Ange, to teach us to really look for ways to help others continue pursuing our passions and just loving life. So I really appreciate having you on today. Anybody who's looking for Angela wants to follow her. She is um, at Angela Jaquith on Instagram. She's constantly sharing all the different cool projects she's working, working on and ways she's getting involved in the community. Also, if you're interested in getting the best coffee I've ever had, it's seriously out of this world, you can look at Cafe The House GDL on Instagram, see all the different cool ways that they're helping right now, turning their kitchen into a community kitchen, ways that you can support that, and then to also see what's happening within the community, uh, the church that I'd mentioned that Justin and Angela, they run and just, our awesome leaders at you can just look at the house GDL so thank you so much for listening today I hope that everybody felt encouraged so if you like today's episode please share with your friends like subscribe to this podcast so that we can keep learning together and until next time with heart and humility embrace the musica